Welcome to the next movement. I'm Rob. I'm E. Yo, microphone check one two. What is this? The five foot assassin with the rough neck business. I float like gravity. Never had a cavity. Got more rhymes than the one that's got family. No need to sweat. I send the yotes to gain some type of fame. No shame in my game, cause I always be the same. Styles upon styles upon styles is what I have. You wanna just to fight for, but you still don't know the half. I sport new balance sneakers to avoid an arrow path. Messing right with this against the size of the. I never have stuff, cause I'm not a half stuffer. Drink a lot of soda, so they call me Dr. Pepper. Refuse to compete with BS competition. Your name is Special Ed, so won't you suckle with the mission? I never walk the street, think it's all about me. Even though deep in my heart, it really could be. I just try my best to like go all out. Some might even uh, say, yo, shorty, uh, black, you're uh, bugging uh, out. Uh, Zulu Nation, mother's last creation. Minds get flooded. Ejaculation right on the two inch tape. The abstract poet incognito runs the cape, not the best, not the worst, and occasionally. And here we are, just the two of us. It's been a minute. It's been quite a while. I think it's been over a year, actually. I can't even remember the last time we talked about a solo album. Yeah, and, just, and, and what it was. I want to say it was um, Black on Both Sides, Most Deaf. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I think you're right. And I do think that was during the pandemic. Yeah, it was because we were recording remotely. We weren't in person. Yeah, there's a relatively easy way to look this up and get an answer, but it's much more fun to reminisce. Anyway, here we are without a guest. It's been a long time since we have dedicated our entire time to just talking about an album of choice. And uh, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about an album kind of like a throwback like we used to do back when we started back to the roots yeah so um the idea was we'd each pick an album record an episode maybe a mini episode about the album and and the criteria was simply an album that you can talk about without any notice that you can sit down and just have a conversation about and so for me the first thing that came to mind was the low end theory a tribe called quest and for some reason We're um, almost three years into this podcast and no one has picked a Tribe Called Quest uh, or one of their albums to talk about. So long overdue, in my opinion. Hard to believe. I mean, I I imagine enough time passes, we'd we'd get to it. I think some people, you know, we've talked about this in the past. There's a tendency at times to like not choose the obvious picks. Right. Obvious albums. Yeah. I've been surprised by what people have selected, honestly pleasantly surprised yeah we've had some great great choices great discussions so i'm going to ask you what we always ask our guests when they choose an album why are we talking about the low end theory the low end theory is is the rap album that i have been listening to the longest Mm. it was really i mean unless you want to count totally crossed out by crisscross wow um the low end theory is the first rap album that i ever bought First, first rap cassette. And I actually remember it pretty vividly. I was probably uh, 12, 13 at the time, maybe a little younger, I think around sixth grade. And um, my friend Matt Tiger and I, we would ride our bikes occasionally to the used record store in the neighborhood. This was in Aspen Hill, Maryland. And I remember the day we, we rode our bikes to the record store and... I knew nothing about A Tribe Called Quest or the Low End Theory, but something made me want to buy this cassette. And Matt gave me a hard time about it because it was a, it was new. So it was yeah. like, 
I don't know, $12 or something. And he was like, why, why are you buying something new? There's a, all these used tapes in here. You're going to spend extra money for this new cassette. And I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. I did not really have, I just felt drawn to it. It was something about the cover that yeah. like, that drew me to it. I convinced myself at the time that I had heard scenario before, but I'm not sure that I actually had. I really knew nothing about it. And so I bought it and just, you know, loved it immediately. Um, was immediately rewarded for this, this risk I took. It was so formative in my uh, fandom and my experience with hip hop for a number of reasons. Um, it's without a doubt the album that got me into jazz. Uh, I, I imagine there are many, many other people who could say the same thing. But, you know, when you have Ron Carter playing bass on a song and Q-Tip says his name at the time, you know, I remember being like, well, who's Ron Carter? And that like leading me to like learn about yeah. who Ron Carter was and actually start listening to jazz, which is, you know, changed, changed my life, changed my ears for the better. Yeah. And I think along the same route, there are so many names dropped on this album that really helped me. It's really a great like entrance for me into hip hop. Like mm -hmm. I, I can't name them all, but of course, L.O.N.S. is on this and Brand Nubian and, you know, he name drops Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth and um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. But so many other groups and, and acts and MCs that that they like shout out on the album. Skef Anselm. Like, who's Skef Anselm? I, I need to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you know, it was formative and, and it's. And the way it sort of pulled me into hip hop and the way it introduced me to jazz um, yeah. and the way that it introduced me to other uh, MCs. And like I said, I, I've just never, I've never stopped listening to it. I listen to it uh, frequently. I, I go back to it a lot and really enjoyed listening to it this week. Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds timeless. I don't think it sounds dated at all. It didn't for me. Just, I mean, I, I've listened to it. I mean, more obviously than, that I listened to it this week, but it doesn't sound old. I think sometimes when you go back, I mean, this was made in 1991. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it was made in 1991. Right. So I just think that that speaks to its genius. I, th I mean, I think it was ahead of its time, honestly. We talked a bit about this when you, you and I talked about it when we prepped for the Sky Zoo episode and talking yeah. about all the brilliant things. But I think there's something about the sampling on this record, like the, when you sample jazz the way that this record has, it, I think it gives it a sort of timeless feel. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It um, It's aged well. You could, I mean, I imagine some people could say, you know, like their flows and their rhyme patterns or whatever, maybe sounds a little dated. <laughs> and of course there's a song about pagers, sky pagers. <laughs> yeah, the references album. are dated. <laughs> but it still sounds great. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing I think people, and from my perspective, I'm not sure Q-Tip gets enough credit for his production. I would agree with that. Hey, I actually went a really long time without really even knowing that he was involved in the production. Yeah. I just kind of assumed that Ali Shaheed Muhammad mm -hmm. was, was doing the production because mm -hmm. that's a lot of times the way it went. Uh, right. At that time, like the DJ was the one who was doing a lot of the production. But um, Q-Tip is great. Yeah. And his work on his album is great. It's an album whose sound like often 
it often feels difficult for me. It's just so well, like integrated, so well layered, so well put together. It's often sounds a little hard for me to know, like what is, what is live playing and what is a sample? You know, if Ron Carter's name hadn't been dropped on, on, uh, verses from the abstract, like I, you might've convinced me that that was just a sample of someone yeah. playing the bass. Yeah. So just great production. Busta Rhymes in effect. Shahi is in effect. Fife Didorg is in effect. Check it out and give me my spec. I'm moving, yes, I'm moving because my mouth is on the motor. Use the coast of the morning to avoid the funky odor. Can't help being funky, I'm the funky abstract brother. Funky in the sense, but I play the undercover. Once had a fetish, fetish for some booty. Now I'm getting funky in my rapping, that's my duty. Brothers tend to jock on the style in particular. If you got the ego like some brothers, then I'll get with you. But if I don't pursue, then I just don't give a... Well, what an album to go into a store and like blindly pick out. Right. What is this? This is, I'm going to get this album. And then you go home and it's like, not only the shit, but then you find out like who these people are. Totally changed my life. Yeah. I mean, how often do you pick, pick up something on the spot, not knowing what it is? And it's just straight garbage. <laughs> yeah. More often than not, unfortunately. <laughs> but that certainly wasn't the case here. I'm trying to remember being a kid and and whether or not people were talking about the tribe around me. Like, you know, I mean, the, the rap experiences I shared, I always shared with uh, my cousins for the most part. And I just can't remember, like, anybody really bumping them. Really? It's interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, I you know, music videos, obviously, that was all, always my introduction to to hip-hop because, you know, I wasn't allowed to buy, you know, explicit albums. And so my introduction to people and their music a lot of times was watching MTV or BET or whatever. And, you know, so that, I mean, seeing Tribe videos certainly, but like, I just can't remember people being like, oh, Joe, did y'all get the new Tribe album? Mm. I just can't remember that ever being talked about in like the circles that I was in, which I think was interesting because they, I mean, they were really big. Obviously, this wasn't their first album, so um, right. I, I'd not. I mean, I was like eleven or twelve years old or something. So if it was yeah. 90, 91, I was probably eleven. But but I had never, I'd never heard of them. I hadn't heard their first album. Yeah, um, yeah. And you're right; they were huge. Um, I think they were really big in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, somehow, yeah, hadn't hadn't made hadn't made it into my circles at that point yet either until bought this tape yeah i was definitely i was older when i fully got into their catalog i mean i wasn't a young kid like talking about tribe with people um i mean in 91 if you were 11 or 12 and i was like eight yeah so i definitely wasn't like you know like dishing about tribe like with anybody so i was definitely older whenever i discovered them and their music in this album in particular well, like I said, it was such a perfect introduction for me. I think it, re- and it really like, because of all the names they drop, set me down this path where I like really wanted to find out like who these people are, where are they, where are they from? That's a great, great way, I think, to become interested in hip hop. That's so important yeah. in hip hop in a way that I think it's not important in other genres. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I, I bought this, I bought this album, I bought this cassette 
had no idea who native tongues were, had no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took mm-hmm. me a while to figure out that who that tribe was in native tongues. I had, I had no idea who Buster Rhymes was. Yeah. Obviously after listening to this and digging into it, learned a hell of a lot. It was fun for me. I didn't know who Buster Rhymes was until Wuha. So it was fun for me to go back and be like, wait, what? Like hearing him on this album, one scenario because even if i would have saw the video i don't think that i would have put two and two together at that point so i always love those connections and like finding out like this person was on this album and they've been doing this shit for a long time that's that's always cool to me yeah and this is like you just said like just like the name dropping and having all these people on this album like for me, a lot of it was going back and being like, oh, so that's who this is. So they were on this. And I always love those connections. Yeah, that was totally my experience. You know? Oh, this is Brand Nubian. Oh, I remember Brand Nubian yeah. from yeah, from that Tribe album. Yeah. yeah. You know what, though? It didn't take long for a scenario to kind of like, it's always hard to know like what came first. Like, is it because now I'm aware of it that I'm hearing it everywhere or... Yeah did that come yeah. later but i i remember at some point in the uh, shortly after i bought this cassette scenario was everywhere and mm. it, th- and that's a song that like we talked a little bit about this when we did um the episode about a wolf in sheep's clothing with breeze bruin scenario is a song like the choice is yours that as soon as the needle drops people go crazy it's just oh, like yeah. people get so hyped for that song i got chills today uh, listening to it in my headphones when yeah. it came on. It's like one of the best posse cuts ever. Totally. And it's amazing how, like, it's a great, po- like you're saying, it's a great posse cut, but it's incredible how much Bust just stands out. Oh, my God. That's one of the best verses in, in hip-hop, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I remember, so he- I remember hearing that for the first time and being like, yo, this, this dude is amazing. <laughs> I don't know who this dude is, but he is wild. Like, I, I was immediately hooked. I think it's so funny because um, I wonder how many people know, because you know, I mean, not I don't know if you listen to her or not, but on Pink Friday, I forget what the song is, but Nicki Minaj samples that, rah, rah, like a Dungeon Dragon. Yeah, like, that's yeah. literally like, so I, I remember when I heard that, and I'm like, do people know who originally did this? <laughs> I bet you a lot of them don't. Yeah. So I thought that was so funny whenever she did it. And I was just like, man, I bet you all the people listening to her like have no clue. That was my ringtone for a long time. <laughs> Buster Rhymes going rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Really annoyed some people. but. And then uh, there's there's more about the album that I want to talk about, but specifically yeah. about Scenario. I mean, Scenario was a song, like I said, people went wild anytime it came on. And then the scenario remix came out mm-hmm. and you couldn't find it. Any, I, I, I couldn't find it anywhere. I had to listen for it on the radio and like tape it off the radio. And everybody went wild for that shit too. Yeah. Couldn't it get enough a of struggle. it. Struggle taping it off the radio. Mm. Yeah. Kids don't know what we fucking went through. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. Believe the it trauma. or not. There was a time when you wanted to hear something you had to wait. Oh, I would get so fucking mad whenever I would turn into a radio station and the song I've been waiting for all day was like in the middle of playing. It was so awful. <laughs> I have PTSD from that, obviously, still, but 
I want to ask you, because I feel like this is always a debate. So obviously, Lowen Theory has, it's tied to nostalgia for you. So it kind of like made an impact because of your experience with it, which is why I think, why I think certain albums mean a lot to us um, beyond like what they sound like. Sure, yeah. How does this compare to Midnight Marauders for you? Um, I like Midnight Marauders. I love Midnight Marauders. Uh, I, yeah. I love it. It's a slightly different sound. It's, yeah. it's more like more layered. It's more complicated in that way. Like I think low end theory is kind of stripped down in, in some ways. It's just mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. basic jazz loops. Um, yeah. And Midnight Marauders, I mean, they were sampling like everything. There's so, so many layers on that. So, <laughs> but the other thing, the other, the funny thing about Midnight Marauders is I also had no, no idea who Jerobi Jiro- was. Cause mm. I hadn't listened to their first album, and okay. for some reason, after even after buying Low End Theory, I never went back. I didn't go back. It took me a while to go back and listen to okay. the first album. But Midnight Marauders comes out, and uh, in one of those like interludes, you know, where uh, this, this voice is like telling you about the record. Yeah, there's one where they're t- she's she's telling you about the members of the group, and she mentions. Yeah. Jerobi and I'm like, who the hell's Jerobi? Who the fuck is this? Who I don't I don't what does he do? I don't never heard his voice. I don't know what he does. But um to answer your question, I love Midnight Marauders. I don't know if I, I'm trying to think if I would have like if there was a a world in which I would have liked that album better. If I would have liked mm. Midnight Marauders better. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the singles on that album are incredible. Award tour and Mm-hmm. Electric relaxation might be one of my favorite beats of all time. It's mm. it's so great. Yeah. So I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. I've had that conversation with people and I feel like it's something that when you're comparing albums, I feel like those two are always up against one another. I think they were made under pretty different circumstances too. Um, yeah. You know, low end theory uh, from what I know was really a, con- a continuation in some ways of of the first album they just kept recording instead of like taking a break yeah and i know tip was really pushing five to get more involved in the in the creative process and yeah. to be there more and i think that was a little different on midnight marauders but yeah both both classics in my in my book great yeah. albums both had really good cover art Oh yeah, I love I love that they use this, uh, you know, this illustration in all of their work, except yeah. except the love movement and you know, like the newer last couple albums didn't have it. But I love that. I love when an art uh, an artist like takes elements of their design and keeps it. Makes, yeah, makes continuation. It, yeah, it makes it recognizable in that way. Yeah, that's become kind of like their staple. Those colors. Yeah. And that pattern. Yeah, even when they did the the shoe line for bands like it was that yeah it's very it's like iconic now it's let uh very very recognizable i meant to look up the who did the art and the art direction and i did not yeah honestly i didn't really i did no research for this it's all in my head it's all in my heart my experiences <laughs> all in my heart that is deep <laughs> holy shit i wonder though if it's just me or are there like lyrics from 
if you find this to be true also, there are lyrics from low end theory that have become like just forever quotables that like yeah. have kept coming up. So this is one for me and it's on my hat from classic material. Rap is not pop. If you call it that, then stop. Yeah. So that's one for me. Yeah, that's a classic one. I'm trying to think of some. I'll, I don't know if this is one that gets quoted a lot, but every time this routinely comes up for me when I like, I go to buy like a, a discount tape or I find a record real cheap or even when I'm sometimes streaming stuff on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fife has a lyric on uh, show business uh, where he says something like, all these no talent artists trying to rhyme and then you go try to sell my tape for five ninety nine. Yeah. And I'm like, every time I'm like telling myself, I'm sorry, Five. <laughs> sorry, Five. It's just such a good deal. It's a dollar bin, you know? And um, I'm probably going to fuck this up. Rule 4080, record, comp- record, record company people are shady. Yeah. that That's, yeah. Do you still have this tape? I don't. That's the big question. I don't have this tape because I lost it in the fire, that, that apartment fire that I had. Damn, that fire fucked you up. It did. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad not physically, but it took a lot of your shit. It took. Ev- I mean, it took everything. It took all yeah. my all my physicals. So I don't have that cassette still. In fact, mm. this is. Uh, that's not true. I was gonna say this is the only tribe album I don't have a physical copy of, but there are more than one. Um, but I currently do not own a physical copy of this album, so I'll have to fix that at some point. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, it's one of the the vinyls out there. It's one of the the records that keeps getting pressed up mm-hmm. and folks keep in stock. So, yeah, it's been reissued right now. It's not hard to find, which is good, no. a good thing. I mean, there are a lot of records that that are you can't find anymore. I've seen the cassette for a reason for a reasonable price. I don't think that's been repressed to my knowledge, but I've seen it for like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, that's probably. I have Midnight Marauders on cassette. I think I paid twenty bucks for it. Worth it. Yeah, totally. Did, I did you? I, I was reading this article about the early '90s and like buying cassettes and like that cassette smell. Did you enjoy that? Do you, <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember you, the minute you smelling cassettes? The minute you said it, I could, <laughs> I could bring it to to my senses. Yeah, it's the the mix of paper and plastic and the, I, I don't know what else. This is a very unique smell. Plastic for sure. Tapes are a lot easier to open than CDs because that goddamn, they don't do it anymore, but that goddamn like strip that used to go over that tape that used to go over the CD. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like white. Mm -hmm. It was like trying to break into Fort Knox. I was just like, how can I get this shit open? Sometimes I would just be like fucking and rip it open, but it was so hard to open that shit. Yeah. Impossible. I used to have uh, uh, when I worked at Dismakers, we made. Oh yeah, I forgot you were there. We made because we had to open shit all the time. Like yeah, stuff got finished and we had to open it to test it. And they manufactured these little. It was like a razor blade actually inside of this plastic, like little plastic tool that would slide over the top, and, oh, and cut that sticker and the saran wrap at the same time. It made it a lot easier. Damn, I needed that shit. 
What's your favorite song on this? I knew album? you were going to ask me that, and I can't. <laughs> there can't are pick? there are no skips on this album for me. It's so hard. I I love so many of them. I love yeah. excursions. I love bugging out. I love butter. I love the singles are great. We've got the jazz. Such so a great good. song. I I think it might be it's tough because it's a song that Fife isn't on, but I really love Excursions. Back in the days when I was a teenager, before I had status and before I had a pager, you can find the abstract. Listening to hip hop, my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop. I said, Well, daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles? Way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael. It's all expected, things are for the looking. If you got the money, quest is for the booking. Come on, everybody, let's get with the fly mode. Still got room on the truck, load of black gold. Listen to the rhyme to get a mental picture of this black man, black woman picture. Why do I see that? Cause I gotta speak the truth, man Doing what we feel for the music is the proof And planet on the ground, the act is so together Bonafide strong, you need leverage to sever The unit, yes, the unit, yes, the unit Called the jazz is delivering each year an LP Filled with street goods You can find it on your rack in your record store If you get the records, say your thoughts are adored And appreciated, cause we're ever so glad we made it We work hard, so we gotta thank God Dishing out the plastic, do the dance till you're spastic If you're this... It gets drastic. Listen to the rhyme, cause it's time to make gravy. If it moves your booty, then shake, shake it, baby. All the way to Africa, aka the motherland. Stick out the left, then I'll ask for the other hand. That's the right hand, black man. Only if you are noted as my man. If I get the credit, then I think I deserve it. If you fake news, don't fix your mouth to word it. Get in the zone of positivity, not negativity. Cause we gotta strive for longevity. If you buy chum, what's in that? A pair of Nike size oh, 10 oh. and a half. The first half of this album, the transitions are just perfect. Yeah. You go from excursions to bugging out to rap promoter to butter. They're just, that is, it flows so well. It's perfectly sequenced. Mm -hmm. It's like seamless. It's so good. Do you remember listening to this for the first time and one song just really standing out well that would have like, to be scenario i mean okay i don't know how you listen to this and know nothing about i know nothing about it going into it and not get blown away by buster rhymes on that song i just oh, yeah it was so so impactful um but you know you have to listen to the whole album to get there so i don't know maybe maybe before that point it, some of this stuff really made me listen to the lyrics like like the date rape song and everything is fair. Like I remember being kind of like kind of mesmerized by the, by the lyrics. Like what are yeah. these, what are these guys talking about? Like it's, it was different for me. So they, they might've stood out to me too. Mm. What about you? That makes sense. I really like vibes and stuff. I mean, obviously scenario. I feel like now when I'm listening to it, I'm just waiting for bus arrives. Like, it's just this build up in this. It's like, okay, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I love excursions. That's the first song, right? Yeah. I love, I just love how it opens up. Yeah. I love that, that, like, that's the perfect opening for me. Mm -hmm. That's why, one of the reasons why I love this album. Like, if an album has a really good start, it just makes, it just has a lasting impression on me. Yeah. Favorite song, I will forever love Check the Rhyme forever mm -hmm. i just i love that song it still gets me hype 
I love the video. That's probably my favorite on the entire album. Check the run. Yeah. Yeah. Check the run. Yeah, they're so great. The other like thing that has stood out to me is I've I've listened to it today and I listened to it once earlier this week. I, I thought a bit about what Homeboy Sandman told us about the Fresh Prince. You know, here was this guy who was like making songs about anything. Felt like he could yeah. make a song about anything. And he was like smiling and kind of having fun. And yeah. I definitely got that from from this album. You know, it has its serious moments, but they're also like self-deprecating at times and they're making jokes and yeah. clearly having fun. And again, you know, for me, like personally, I think that was a great introduction to hip hop. Like mm -hmm. if I had bought 36 Chambers first, I'm not sure. Although that, that's maybe not a great example. That's I, like day and night, I feel. If I'd bought The Chronic first, mm. I'm not sure I would have been like, yeah, hip hop is for me. I might have been like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. This is a little intense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, even something even more intense like NWA or or something like that. But this was a great a great way for me. I like I could connect to this in a way that I think I would yeah. not have been able to connect to it to some other records. Yeah, especially considering your age. I mean, right. you're a little bit older than I am, but you weren't that old when those records came out. Old no. enough to be to appreciate like I feel what was happening especially on like the heavy hitting albums yeah no like, like that shit was raw yes it was and i like shudder to think about <laughs> some of the things that i listened to <laughs> at that age <laughs> you know i'm a parent now so i'm like damn what if what if my kid was listening to doggy style when they were 12 13 years old because mm -mm. the, the reality is like i didn't really understand half of what they were talking about on, well, no. on records yeah. like that and now I listen to it, I'm like, that is appalling. That You're I like, was. <laughs> <laughs> my God. I think about my innocent 12 year old self, you know, and I'm like, oh, that poor it's guy. It's like, yeah, this shit is great. It sounded yeah. dope, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's fun going back and then being like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. Being an adult and now knowing what they're talking about. Right. No wonder I wasn't allowed to listen to this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I remember being in college and listening to uh, Ain't No Fun If The Homies Can't Have None. And I was like, what the fuck? I listened to that? Cannot believe it. Yeah, like, I feel like my, I, he's younger than I am. I, I'm pretty sure my cousin fucking had that album. And I, thinking about that, I'm like, damn, your mom just must have been like, here, <laughs> go get it. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Because fuck. I will say, though, there were some things that I understood and the amount of guilt that I felt as I listened to this this music at times was intense. But it didn't stop me because shit was so cool. It was so cool to me. It was so interesting. Yeah, of course. Like being brought into these worlds that you might not necessarily be familiar with. Like it's kind of like watching a movie or reading a book. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's the stories. It's like trying to understand you know, where these people were coming from really pulled me in. But in, beside that, you know, beside like the lyrics, it just sounded fucking cool. It just sounded great. Yeah, I agree. You know, like uh, Tip says on low end theory, beats that are hard, beats that are funky. They can get you hooked like a crackhead junkie. That was me. I was like, yes, <laughs> I am hooked on this. I need another hit. I, I could listen to this shit all the time. 
and I did. Yeah. It is Have really... you ever seen them in concert? Sorry. Uh, no, I never. Never got to. Never saw them in concert. You? No. No, I was trying to think of like maybe one of them was at a festival I've been to, but. Mm-mm. And even if we no. do happen to see them now, it won't be the same because. No. No fife. I will say, have you know, having very little, a late introduction to Jerobi, I will say how incredibly impressed I was with him on, uh, on their last record, where he like really was in the spotlight, and I was like, damn, what, where has this guy been? He was cooking, <laughs> but he was tearing shit up on that album, tearing it up. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, he explored the culinary arts. He was like, meh. Did his own thing. I like that he can just come back. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, and they welcomed him. Clearly. Yeah, like he's still part of the group. He just is doing his own shit. As I learned on Midnight Marauders, yes. Yeah. Oh, so I lied earlier. I said I didn't do... I did read one... I think it must have been Wikipedia. So take this with a grain of salt. But I learned something. Assuming that it's true. I learned that when they were making this album, they fired... Red Alert, who was their manager at the time, and they fired their lawyer, who was Red Alert's brother, I think. And apparently this did not go over well with the rest of the native tongues, because I found myself thinking, it just occurred to me, I was like, why, why are there no native tongue, there are no other native tongue members on this album? What's the deal? And then I, so then I read that and I was like, ah, well, that explains it. You're correct. I read something else and I can't remember if it's in can't remember if they talk about it and check the rhyme or I read it in an article that I was reading the other day, but yeah, your Wikipedia was right. I read that that caused a lot of bad blood. Like people were hurt yeah. that they did that because then they jumped ship from Jive to Def Jam. Well, right? no, they, they went there or they went to Rush Management. Right. They were still on Jive, but they hired Rush Management. Okay. That's what it was. So they switched. Ma- yeah. Okay. Not yeah. record labels, but, um, yeah, people did not like that. I think that was why that was the beginning of the end of Native Tongues. After they did that, people were like pissed. Well, I'm sure it didn't help that they put songs on this album like Rap Promoter and Show Business that really just trashed industry industry yeah. people. And I, I can imagine some folks read into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know who wrote that on Wikipedia, but they are right. I learned something. So I read that somewhere else too, and I was like, "Yikes!" Well, makes sense. Yeah. Sounds like they were like a kind of like a close knit family before that, and so the like loyalty probably played a big part in their relationship. And so when they did that, it was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I mean, I know Red Alert involved pretty heavily with Black Sheep. I actually don't know about his connections with some of the other native tongue groups, but. Clearly, it was close enough to create some tension. Did you ever get into the Jungle Brothers? I did not. Not until not until later. I bought their first album. I'm going to fuck up the name. I think it's just Straight Out the Jungle. Straight Out the Jungle, yeah. Yeah. And I remember listening to it, and I think this is before, I think it was before I knew he was on it, but like, I was like, is that Q-Tip? Because he's, like, he's like all over it. Yeah. Like you can hear him on tracks and I was just like, it was just cool for me to be that connection game again. But I was just like, damn, that's cool. But I think it's before I knew that he was actually on their like first album. 
Yeah. So to hear him, I was like, huh. Yeah, Tip but was, I think they were mad too when they left. Yeah, Tip was all over the native tongue stuff. Very, they lost souls too. Very involved in that. So Low End Theory, formative album for me. Just a great classic album, of course. Uh, it's one that will always be near and dear to my heart and I'm glad to have a chance to talk about it. It was, it was like fun for me, legitimately fun for me to spend this week really reflecting on that time of my life and yeah. the impact that this album had on me. I love that music has that effect on us. It's yeah. I think it's unique in that way. You hear a song, it can take you back, you know, to a yeah. specific moment, specific memory. And we can now check off the tribe album on our list. Yes. This has been the next movement. You can find us on Instagram at the next movement pod. You can find us on Twitter, next movement pod. You can just fucking search the internet for the next movement podcast and you will find us. We'll be back, of course, with more uh, guests, more new, new content for you. Thank you for tuning in. This has been fun sitting down with E. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Watch as I combine all the juice from the mind. Heal up, wheel up, bring it back, come rewind. Powerful impact, boom, from the cannon. Now bragging, try to read my mind, just imagine. Vote, can't build, there is necessary. When digging into my library, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Eating, I do, still like the one pizza tosser. Uh, 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 all over the track, man. Uh, pardon me, uh, as I come back. I did the girl, I had to beg your pardon. When I travel through the turn, I roll with the squadron. Rawr, rawr, like a dungeon dragon. Change your little jaws, cause your pants are sagging. Try to step to this, I won't twist you in a turban. And have it smelling right, like some old stale urine. Chuckity Choco, the chocolate chicken. The rear cock diesel, my cheeks, they were kicking. Yo, bust it out before the bust, I bust another round. The rhythm is insane. Uh, the vibes are on town. Dipping up the sound, just like a ratio. Yo, observe the vibe and check out the scenario. Yo, yo, yo.